Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. If I speak for your followers and I speak for your ex-followers and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says, don't listen to your mom and dad, don't talk to your mom and dad, that's bad, yep. run. Absolutely believe his own bullshit. Now, does that mean he believed it from day one? I don't know. Hubbard reveals to them that he is the Antichrist. Scientology has not helped you. You have helped yourself. Yeah, I'm absolutely positive that happened because I was physically abused in Scientology. We're crossing the line into torture. Do you think there is a rape culture in Scientology? I think that there is a culture in Scientology that children are not children. So... Yeah. Children are not children. We will talk about that for a second. But uh, welcome to come get some extra Scientology edition. Today I've got Len Zimberg. And, and as I said before, when I saw him on Scientology in the Aftermath uh, special on Memorial Day, I saw a lot of humanity come out of this man. And I, uh, I said, I got to have this guy on because this is a, a true story of redemption. And uh, I think we've all. Uh, we've all had that time, even if you're not in Scientology, just in just regular life uh, with people and relationships and everything else. We've all uh, just embarrassing moments in our lives. We've all done things we regret, wish we could take back and, and think we can never be redeemed from or whatever. But um, this is a true story of redemption. And if, uh, if I can come back from this, and then Lynn's a really great guy, uh, any of us can come back from anything. Uh, just something to think about uh, in a positive light. Uh, you know, I always I, I put that last part in there about children uh, not being children about the, the rape culture um, because it sticks with me for many reasons. Uh, one of them is that that children are not children uh, really really stands out. That is in the uh, in the very writings of Scientology and you know big people small bodies, uh, big Satan small body, and uh, and I've been seeing a lot lately about how children as young as eight. I even saw uh, Melissa Paris say something recently, and I've seen Fiona, uh, this woman in Ireland, who's been uh, really doing a lot of good work to expose Scientology and what they do to children. Um, children as young as eight getting the purification rundown, you know, 5,000 uh, milligrams of niacin in the uh, in the hot box there. Uh, wow, you know, uh, she she recorded a call that I got to hear, and in, in, uh, I'll see if I can post it a little bit later. Uh, where she's talking to a representative, he's like, well, you know, we try not to do children too young, but, you know, if they're in a Scientology family and an eight-year-old kid wants to get the purification right now, and you really can't tell them no. And I'm like, what? Yes, you can. <laughs> so there's really um, – uh, it's really scary 
it's really scary. And she's also revealing something where I, I think uh, I've seen a lot about it recently, where they're treating autism with chiropractic adjustments. Really? I'm an adult. I can tell you, man, chiropractic adjustments don't work for me. They make me hurt. <laughs> so I'm not even interested in that, let alone putting a child uh, through those bone-cracking uh, maneuvers. So um really concerned about that. I, I do, you know, I, I, the way this show is, is, is wired, I don't know if I can really focus 100% on second generation and children, but I do want to put more emphasis on it because this is really – this is really serious shit, and this is really uh, a, a big deal. Um, second generation don't have a choice, and children definitely don't have a choice, especially when their parents are pushing them in that direction. So um, if you thought Scientology was something that was just bad 10, 20 years ago for children and families, and it, it's not that bad anymore, uh, I got news for you. I think it might be getting worse to an extent. And uh, that's why I do what I do and why people speak out and why uh, maybe you should do what you can, too, to speak out. Uh, but right now, uh, let's go ahead and let's get into the interview uh, with uh, Lenzenberg. Okay, today my guest, uh, Scientology and the Aftermath Special on Memorial Day, uh, Merchants of Fear. Uh, he was a member of the Guardian's office, uh, what also originally was, I guess you could say, a spy organization within Scientology. Uh, and uh, and he has redeemed himself, and we'll talk all about his story here today. It's Len Zimberg. Did I say your name right, Len? Yes, you did. Hi, Chris. It's Hi. Good to be with you. But I, I have to correct you on, on one fact. Sure. I was never a member of the Guardian's office. Volunteer? I, I was, a, I was a, a, a staff member at, at the New York Org, and I was in the Sea Org at uh, FOLO, in, in New York, the okay. flag operations liaison office, um, and I was uh, being pirated out of the Sea Org by the uh, assistant guardian in New York, uh, whose name was Mike McGee. Uh, I guess it was around 1975. He was trying to move me out of the Sea Org into the guardian's office, and. Uh, but, but yes, my activities uh, uh, during my time in Scientology was uh, what what's called the Guardians Activity Staff (GAS), and they're basically people who are trusted, uh, who were sufficiently brainwashed, who uh, are trusted to do uh, uh, you know infiltration and spying and all of the uh, really uh, dirty. Uh, and sometimes unlawful activities uh, in Scientology. Okay, and I think it's important, and I know most of your articles, most of your interviews you've done have uh, started with this, and I usually try to make it a little bit original on my show, but it's really important to your story. So I, I kind of want to go back, if you couldn't talk about when you were 13. When I was 13? Yeah, you were 13. Uh, I believe you went to Ashawitz. Yeah. Is that right? Am I saying that right? No. Uh, when I was 13, my parents sent me to uh, Israel. Right. Bar Mitzvah. And uh, while while there, uh, I visited a place that had opened, uh, I think, maybe four or five years earlier, called Yad Vashem, which is a uh, memorial and museum to the to the victims of the Holocaust. 
and it was a very uh, uh, powerful, formative experience that I had. And uh, I, I, when 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 I look at my involvement in Scientology ten years later, less than ten years actually, and and my own persecution of a Holocaust survivor, it, it gives me, I think, a, a, a perspective on the, the way that I allowed Scientology to alter my moral compass. Uh, and, and, and that really is what, what becoming a Scientologist involves. It, it involves learning about Scientology ethics, which is one of the three uh, pillars of Scientology. There's the ethics, the tech, and the admin. And the ethics basically uh, involves indoctrinating the person to the point where they believe that Scientology is the entire focus or should be the entire focus of their lives and that it's the most important thing uh, and and for many people it becomes an all-consuming thing and and that's what 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 it became in my case. Okay, and, and that's why I think it was important because you were you were kind of at a, a vulnerable early age at 13, and and you're it's almost like your moral compass was built there, but then uh, things started to change as you got into um, Scientology. What was it that drew you to Scientology? Yeah, I mean, just to clarify, uh, I, I was a, a Jewish kid from Brooklyn who, at the age of 21, was introduced to Scientology by a, a trusted family member and, and the friend of a family member, and that was in 1968. So what, what drew me to it was the, um, the, the promise of increased awareness and uh, uh, mental stability and uh, uh, ultimately it was the whole promise of the upper levels of Scientology, the, the, the ability to uh, uh, operate independently of uh, matter, energy, space, and time and, uh, you know, to basically be a uh, a super superhuman, which is what what OT promises, but uh, Scientologists find out much too late that it that that it doesn't deliver on the promise. So, so this isn't something that that you look at as a um, as an idealism. This is something you think is going to happen. Yeah, I it. it Absolutely. There, there's a grade chart, and the people in 1968 who came into Scientology would look at the, at the top of that grade chart and all of the abilities of being, uh, uh, being able to have full perception outside one's body, uh, you know, all this, all the uh, miraculous uh, uh, states of being. And, and because Hubbard very matter-of-factly promised that, you know, Dianetics was comparable to the invention of the wheel, I mean, or, or the discovery of fire. I mean, he was 
very modest in his uh, self-assessment. Um, you know, he claimed to have done all of this research, which we eventually find out, basically, his research consists of pulling thoughts out of drug-induced episodes where he, where he was taking pinks and grays, uh, amphetamines and barbiturates. So, you know, there's the lure of Scientology is in the promises and in the very certain way that, uh, that, that Hubbard and Scientologists present the subject. Um, and unfortunately, you know, back in 1968, before the Internet, there was very little to, to, to counter it. And you're drawn to it, right? I mean, if you're not sure about organized religion, this is something new and, and amazing that you really want to check into. Exactly. Yep. Okay, so you were on staff, and you said you were in Sea Org. How did they come to decide they wanted to um, to use you with the Guardian's office? I know you didn't join the Guardian's office, but they were using you as uh, the Guardian's, uh, what was the, the acronym you gave? G-A-S. It, it's it's uh, Guardian Activity Staff. Activity Staff, It's, it's okay. sort of like being a, an FSM, a field staff member for the Guardian's office. It's it's a volunteer, but, you know, uh, uh, I know Tori was, was doing that. There were a, a, a number of people who have spoken about their activities volunteering for the Guardian's office. Um, Tori Pazazian, Tori Magoo. Um, uh, the way it began was uh, my father worked for the Internal Revenue Service, and when I became involved in Scientology, he tried to explain to me that Hubbard was benefiting from the uh, millions of dollars that Scientology was raking in. And I was sufficiently indoctrinated to, to believing Scientology at that time that I disbelieved my father. And my father would show me these, these uh, 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 things from, from the IRS that explained that Hubbard was adjudicated to have Inured. In other words, he had received proceeds from Scientology. And I thought, well, you know, this, this can't be right. I've, I've got to help Scientology to, to, to straighten this out. And so I would take these documents uh, from my father and bring them to the uh, Guardian's office in New York where, where they were uh, received. Wow. My my first activity was basically unsolicited. Um and and that was uh you know, I, I thought I was doing I thought I was doing the ethical thing. Um and I think most Scientologists would, would understand that. Right. Um uh after that what happened was um I was living in Brooklyn with a, a girl. I think I think Tony Ortega pretty much uh, uh, detailed uh, my involvement in his uh, book, The Unbreakable Miss Lovely. Um, I was living in Brooklyn, and uh, this uh, girl who I was living with 
had been involved in an activity where the guardian's office had placed an ad in the village voice that purported to be from uh, a researcher who was compiling critical information about Scientology, who was soliciting people who had information critical of Scientology. Um, And it was explained to me by Jeff Marino, uh, who um, would, would later become a, a very prominent figure uh, in, in Guardian's office history. But Jeff explained to me that since I was going to be living with this girl and that they had listed her telephone number in the ad that they placed in the Village Voice, that I should make sure when I answered the phone not to sound like a Scientologist. In other words, <laughs> don't acknowledge them, you know, you know, because Scientologists who, who are kind of new tend to be somewhat robotic. Okay. You know, um, so that that was the that that was the advice that I was given as just to take the the person's name and and, and phone number, and as as Tony details in in the Unbreakable Miss Lovely. The, the people that were the, the targets of this were Paulette Cooper and Robert Kaufman. Um, and that, that was who Jeff Marino in the Guardian's office was, was interested in uh, basically uh, getting their hooks into. Okay, I want to go back a step here. Um, did you at some, at some point in some way consider your father an enemy? I I didn't because I I didn't uh, want to ever have to disconnect from him. So when when people when when I was questioned about his uh, level of antagonism, I always told them, you know, no, my father respects what I'm doing. You know, he tells me this, and it, after a while, I just said, you know, he, he's not saying anything. And in truth, he wasn't. I mean, my parents had basically given up on being able to persuade me. They they saw that uh, I had basically been captured by Scientology. Um, so I didn't view him as an enemy. I, I viewed the uh, IRS as a totally suppressive organization, which is what Scientologists uh, believe 100%. You know, IRS, psychiatry, uh, uh, and and the the world bankers, uh, whoever they were, were the the real enemies of mankind. Yeah. So, So when you see these things that your father's showing, you're just thinking, he knows not what he says. You basically yeah, think he doesn't realize what he's doing. Yeah. Yes, because Hubbard was was the the, the paragon of truth and wisdom, and Hubbard said uh, that he didn't benefit from any of the funds that that we paid. There was there was this uh, piece that he wrote called "What Your Fees Buy," and he basically says, you know, I'm I'm. I'm I'm one of you guys. I'm living just like you are. Right. Uh, I get royalties from my books, but your your what your fees buy are your fees go into the organization. Uh, and you know, at the time, 
you're in the organization, you realize, gee, if my fees are, are, are putting the organization there, how come the organization never has any toilet paper? <laughs> you think they could put some, huh? <laughs> All right. So so they got you, um, they're trying to track Paulette Cooper. That's the name everybody's going to recognize, of course. Paulette Cooper and, uh, and, and this uh, Kaufman, right? Robert Kaufman? Yeah. Okay, so what are they telling you about these guys? How how, how do they convince you that these are people you really need to, to go after and target here? Well, Kathy Savis, who was uh, in, in the Guardian's office in New York, told me that Paulette Cooper was uh, uh, falsely claiming to have been a Holocaust survivor, that she looked like a witch, and that she was a thoroughly evil person. And all of my, every time I would go into the Guardian's office, there, there was, I, I don't know how to convey this so that you'll really understand it, but there was a very singular focus on uh, destroying her. She, she was viewed as the, uh, I mean, literally, uh, you know, this, the, the, the embodiment of, of uh, evil, that because she was trying to, you know, destroy uh, mankind's only hope for salvation. That's, that, that's how I looked at it, and that's how Scientologists looked at it. Um, And it, it, it wasn't a, the way you just characterized it, um, that the, they, they wanted to, what was it that you said? Um, what was it that they told you that made it, I don't remember what I said, it was something like uh, that they had to be, uh, that they were uh, so bad or so evil or had to be destroyed. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't that they were just trying to get information on her. It, that it, there was a very, very devoted organization to her destruction and and you know that could have been accomplished any one of uh, different ways uh, had she had she taken her own life had she been institutionalized had she been convicted of a crime any any of those would have would have uh, uh, suited Scientology at the time and this was because she committed the crime of writing a book. Did they ever tell you about the book? Often, yeah, I, I saw the book in the Guardian's office. They they, they had all of the all of the books on okay. critics, which at that time there were very few. Okay. Very few. Paulette's was one of the first. Um, you know, the, you know, it's it's interesting. I I I, I compare my own behavior um, to, to to that of, uh, an Al Qaeda member, and when when you look at the the comparison between, for instance, what the Ayatollah Khomeini did when Salman Rushdie published the Satanic Verses. By issuing a fatwa, which which basically uh, sanctioned his his murder, um, 
essentially that was the same thing that Hubbard uh, did years before uh, the the uh, Iranian Revolution in 79. Uh, it was basically the same idea. You know, you, 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 you've written a book, and I'm so offended by the book that you, you must be destroyed. I mean, it's, it's, it's sheer insanity. And, uh, and, and, and I was uh, taken in by it. I accepted it. I was a true believer. Did you ever read the book? Did you ever look at the pages? I've I've read the book. Uh, it's it's online. Well, I meant I meant when you were uh, when you were in. Oh no no, I, I you know that 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 would wouldn't be done. First of all, Scientology had uh, you know stolen all the copies out of the libraries. The book was very very hard to obtain. Right. And secondly. You know, no Scientologist would would subject themselves to to that. Uh, that that's called n theta, uh, interbulated theta. No Scientologist would read a book uh, critical of Scientology. So that's like that's like when um, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Tom Cruise, not Tom Cruise, but uh, John Travolta. Sorry. How could I draw a blank on John Travolta? When John Travolta's asked modern day, should I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. So why? Why should I? Why should I see going clear? You know, for me, Scientology is wonderful. In other words, within the confines of John Travolta's uh, experience and and belief, there's there's absolutely no 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 reason to question it. That's disturbing, but that's that's very real. Very very real. It is. It's 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 frightening. So when you're doing these um, these operations, you you yourself have watched Paula Cooper's door. Uh, you actually uh, did have some personal involvement in these attempts to uh, to, to to ruin Paula Cooper. Yes, I did. I one one of them involved surveilling her. She she lived in a uh, high-rise apartment building called the Churchill on 2nd Avenue around, I think, 40th Street. And there was a restaurant across the street from the entrance to to our building. And Scientology had people surveilling her in shifts. And uh, so I would go there at, you know, six o'clock and I would relieve the person who was there, they'd leave and and I'd be there for four or five hours and then someone would come and relieve me. Um, when 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 I talk about the real singular focus that, that Scientology had to, to destroy her and and it it continues today but possibly not to the same uh, uh, degree or Possibly because of the fact that there are so many people speaking out now that Scientology just isn't capable of, of uh, uh, you know, the manpower to to, to harass them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at that at that time, she was really the 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 utter focus of of their attention. Wow, and that was I mean that's like full full court right there. Um, you said before, like, if she would have gone to prison, if she would have 
committed suicide, uh, these things would have been been acceptable. Was that ever verbalized? Like, oh, well, if she commits suicide, she commits suicide. Was that, was that something you heard? Uh, it w- it was widely known. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was a specific instance where I heard it. Um, I I think in some of the documents that the FBI recovered in in the 1977 raid uh, that that was articulated. But there's absolutely no question that the the, the um, that, that 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 was the purpose. I mean, there, there were actual programs with you know step A, B, C, D. You know, have someone do this and then have someone do that. It 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 was a very very well organized and well funded uh, uh, campaign to destroy her. That that of that there's. Absolutely no question. Okay, so you, you were asked. I mean, it may sound. It, Go ahead. It, it may sound as if I'm exaggerating the the extent to which Scientology went, but uh, I'm not. Well, well, then, since covering this subject and talking to people and talking to people off air, like you know, I've had a lot of conversations now and gotten to know some people. I often find out what we hear on television. Like I said earlier. I think it was off air we talked. Um, I said earlier about how, and I said it with Leah Remini, people don't know, people know it's bad, but they don't know it's that bad. And um, I often find what you hear and see on television that you think is sensationalized as far as this subject is concerned, it's more than often worse than you've heard. Yeah. So I get it. Unfortunately, that's very true. Scientology is worse than people think it is. And uh, what I want to know is, at this point, uh, you were asked to uh, gather uh, papers or pages of Paulette's diary? I was given uh, pages of her diary, and uh, I was told to bring them up to the offices of her father. I was given his address in Midtown Manhattan, and I was told to dress like a a street person so that I couldn't be, I guess, described as a Scientologist. Uh, I was told to mispronounce the name of uh, Paulette's father, and I was told to just leave them at at the receptionist desk say these are for Mr. Kruger uh, and then uh, leave and uh, uh, two other things I was told one was that if, if, if for some reason I should be arrested I would be provided with a lawyer and the other thing I was told was that if, if Somebody tried to stop me to just, you know, knock them over and get the hell out. And, wow. Uh, that was that was uh, essentially the extent of it. It was a very specific, compartmentalized activity. Um, yeah. So, did you know these were pages of her diary with embarrassing content? Or was that not even something you needed to know? I, I, 
I didn't know that they were her diary, but I, I was told not to look in the envelope. Uh, I, I did look, and I saw that it, that it was uh, photocopies of uh, handwritten pages that appeared to be written by a woman. I, I really did not uh, at the time know what the purpose of my delivering these papers was, um, as, as I said, it was very compartmentalized. And that, you know, that's how the Guardian's office and uh, OSA operate. I, I want people to realize, and because uh, a lot of people think that Scientology was, uh, was, was roses in, in, in pixie dust uh, before David Miscavige. This is all under L. Ron Hubbard. Yes, this was all under L. Ron Hubbard. This was in the early 70s. Okay, so what happens next for you? Because that's for me, it's kind of where the story kind of takes a, a drop off. Because I think that's uh, are you still involved in this? Uh, how, how far does it go? At what point uh, are, are you uh, away from the Guardian's office? At what point are you? Uh, do you wake up to what's happening here? What, what happens next? Well, you know, during during that time, I was I was a staff member at at the New York organization. I was an auditor. Uh, I was in charge of training uh, field staff members who were basically commissioned Scientology salesmen. I was uh, I was actually the chaplain of of the uh, of the uh, church. I I took a uh, five hour course, and I was uh, given a card that stated that I was a Scientology minister, and I was sent to a clothing uh, provider who was adjacent to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I bought a, uh, who's a nice Jewish boy, I'm buying a, a, a clerical uh, garb of, of, of a priest, and then on Sundays I would conduct a Sunday service. And I would read, you know, all of this uh, stuff that uh, I, at at a certain level, knew Scientology was doing the exact opposite of. And, uh, you know, once once that bamboozle sets in, it's very very hard to to let go of it. You know, uh, one thing I I I want to read to you uh, is a quote from uh, Carl Sagan, which I think perfectly describes Scientology. I, and I don't know whether Sagan was, was discussing Scientology. Uh, probably not, but he wrote this. He wrote, one of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of a bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. Wow, that's pretty, pretty deep and true. Um, nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to be wrong, especially when you commit so much to it. That's right. You commit money. You commit uh, from nine in the morning until ten at night. You're committing your your life's uh, energy to it. 
and it, you know, the the the, the self-reinforcing aspect of that makes it very very difficult for people to uh, to leave. Okay, okay, so that's uh, Lindenberg Part 1. Part 2 will be next week. It's not over yet. We'll get more into how he came to leave, uh, some of the realizations uh, Len has, some of the um, uh, some of the return to um, uh, his moral standard and values, uh, returning to his thought process as a 13-year-old boy at that museum. Um, just really, really deep, uh, really great guy. Uh, really great insight coming up in part two for more of coming out of it and getting around to um, the fact that he knew what he did and uh, and he could have just let it go, but he didn't. And you'll hear more about that next week as well. Ask 10 questions. I also want to tell you I've had the distinct honor of speaking to a uh, Facebook friend of mine, uh, Glenda Smith, for a future episode in two weeks. In two weeks, you'll hear from Glenda uh, she was on staff at Sci- in Scientology, and she also spent a good amount of time with the CCHR, and that's going to be really interesting stuff, uh, stuff you need to hear, um, and and I'm really, really stoked about it. I love uh, Glenda. I think you will, too. Uh, awesome lady. Uh, just like with Lynn Zimberg and some of the other guests I've had, uh, I talked to Glenda a little bit off air before and after the interview, and uh, just, just both of these people, wonderful people, and a lot of so everybody I've talked to. Uh, on this show, so uh, real people, and uh, if you don't get to talk to these people outside of listening to them on TV or a podcast or an article, um, you don't. You know, maybe you still don't know these these people are for real, and uh, they they've been through what they've been through. It's happening now to somebody. Uh, just to keep that in mind. Anyway, until next week, uh, I don't know what I'm doing Thursday. Uh, of course, Friday next week, part two, Len Zimberg. Until then, that about sums it up. Stay connected, everybody. Have a good week. If I speak for your followers, and I speak for your ex-followers, and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything. On earth that says, don't listen to your mum and dad, don't talk to your mum and dad, that bad, yep. run. Absolutely believed his own bullshit. Now, does that mean he believed it from day one? I don't know. Hubbard reveals to them that he is the Antichrist. Scientology has not helped you. You have helped yourself. Yeah, I'm absolutely positive that happened because I was physically abused in Scientology. We're crossing the line into torture. Do you think there is a rape culture in Scientology? I think that there is a culture in Scientology that children are not children. So, yeah.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.